I'll get here. If your Bible is falling apart, if your Bible is falling apart, I don't know how many Bibles have you gone through. I know those who've got the electronic ones, it's not fair anymore. One more time. If your Bible is falling apart, you won't be. That's being constant in use. Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks, Lord, as we look to your word. Thank you, Lord, that we can be inspired, Father God, by your word, Father God, to go forth, Father God, doing great and mighty things, Father God, that you've called us to do. We praise you, Lord, for the anointing upon each and every one of us, Father God, as we go forth to do thy work. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, in recent years, science has discovered ways to to inoculate you, to give you shots, to immunize you against uh, typhoid, typhoid, <laughs> get it here, fever, polio, the flu, measles, mumps, chicken pox, and a number of other viruses. Uh, we may use precautions against disease, accidents, and illnesses uh, to avoid them. During the winter months, we may take flights to warmer climates. You know, you heard about the snowbirds to avoid the cold weather. And if people are repulsive to you, you find ways to distance them, okay, or avoid them. Uh, we're living in the last days, glory to God. Well, I'm glad that this world can't get much worse, I don't think, but it's, you know, it's pretty stinky out there. Um, the events uh, are moving at a supernatural speed, I mean, just feels like yesterday that it was January 1st. Here we're almost, you know, Christmas. Okay, turn with me to Matthew chapter 24. That's Matthew chapter 24. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus is speaking and looking at the 24th verse. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets, and shall great signs and wonders, insomuch that, if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. So the very elect could be deceived. Are, are you one of the very elect? It means you could be deceived if you're not careful, or if we're not careful, huh? Uh, so how do we evade or avoid, escape these things or temptations, these, these things that we need to avoid so that we're not deceived? Um, yet today in the Christian society uh, that we have or living in, uh, people are wanting to have their ears tickled. You know, go just tell me something good. And uh, they're looking for a supernatural way uh, to believe in. Uh, but when it comes, it could be the wrong one. Uh, if we are to be wise and not be deceived, we have to do like the book of 
Acts says in chapter 17, verse 11, they were what? Well, some of you should have known this by now. <laughs> Shall we turn there or what? Acts chapter 17, verse 11 says, study the scriptures daily to see if those things be not. So, I'm believing that you're doing that. I mean, no. Right now, a lot of things are, if you're just looking at the political scene, you see a lot of lies going, uh, going forth, and a lot of people are just falling for the lies. So, you know, uh, I won't go any further on that one. Again, we cannot, uh, we cannot evade or escape or avoid uh, certain temptations. So that's what we're going to talk about, temptations today. Uh, it's con temptations are a common experience that we all have. Uh, but we don't have to fall for them. Uh, we can learn from other persons' experiences. You find out what they, you know, the, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11, we can learn from, from experiences not of our own, but of others. Oh, we can learn from our own, too. If, so you don't fall in that rut, keep on going in that rut. Um, uh, some of us fall in that rut quite easily. Um, you pass that donut shop, you can't pass the donut shop. <laughs> you <just> keep, <laughs> so yeah, that temptation, you, you're just going around and around and around it. You know. There's some of us have, you know, whatever the temptation might be that you have, some of us don't want to go, you know, we, we kind of circle the wagons, but it, you know, we're getting in a rut that way. Uh, we all face temptations of all kinds, um, but God wants us to beat the temptations. Amen? Amen? Um, we don't have to let sin be so powerful any longer as to fall into temptation. So we're going to look at a few ways that we have victory. You can have victory over temptations. Okay. Since we're in Matthew, so let's go to back up to Matthew chapter six. Matthew chapter six, looking at verse nine, or beginning with verse nine. After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive others. And lead us not into temptation. So what, what is Jesus saying here? Or what did Jesus say in verse 9? Pray. So we need to pray that we're not led into temptation. Wow, glory to God. Uh, Jesus uh, uh, instructs the disciples, pray, lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. So, you know, there's some, it's, it's good to ask God to deliver you. Uh, the enemy knows that he's got detours and bends and in the road for you each and every day. So if you get up in the morning, thank you, Lord, I'm not going to be led into temptation. I'm going to avoid those things. 
Anybody ever do that? I, I never did that. I just let it, I just kept on falling in the hole, you know. Um, so we need to pray not to fall in temptation. That's number one. That's what Jesus said. That will keep us from falling into temptation. Pray. So what are you going to do in the morning again? Pray about what? That you won't be tempted. Fall into temptation. There's a lot of things that, you know, you know what tempts you. You can pray, Lord, I don't want to fall in that temptation. Okay. Keep me from this evil day. The, the day, it says the last days, the days would be evil. They are evil out there. I mean, what is good is now called evil. What is evil is called good. You know, the criminal has more rights than the victim. Yeah, it's, it's bad news. You know, you've got it all crossed up. No wonder we're going to need... Lord Jesus, come back here and straighten things out. I mean, it's like the ladies with, with curly hairs, they, they iron it out. You know? so, he's going to have to come back here and iron things out for us. And a lot of people are not going to like it. Right? Nobody like I like my curly hair. I like my crooked path. You know, I make money doing this, you know, that type of stuff. You know, I get my power. I got my prestige doing this, you know. And so they do connive and everything else. So in order for us not to fall into that, you need to what? Pray. First thing you need to pray. All right, good. Okay, let's go to now uh, look at the second thing. Let's go to um, the book of First Thessalonians. That's 1 Thessalonians, that T section of your Bible. 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5. Verse 22, abstain from the appearance of evil. Uh, from the Amplified, it says, abstain from evil, shrink from it, and keep aloof from it. In whatever form or whatever kind it may be. In other words, flee from it. Need to flee. It's better to run than, than to have a bad fall. It's better to run than have a bad fall. Um, Joseph ran. He didn't have a bad fall. David did not run, and he had a bad fall. You know, I mean, let's look at the two people in the Bible. Samson. There used to be a song when I was a kid. Run, Samson, run. Delilah's on her way. You need to run. We need to run when temptation comes, whatever it may be, you know. Because if you uh, play with it, you're going to fall into it. It's a slippery slope. Stay, stay away from uh, temptations as much as you can. Because if you don't, uh, don't think that you won't fall. 
because, you know, everybody's tried it a little bit, you know, and, and all of a sudden you slip. And, you know, you, you know that's how, uh, uh, where did I go there? Flee temptation. Uh, you remember Adam and Eve? Eve kept on talking. Oh, what? <laughs> got, she got in, in trouble by engaging the devil. Okay, well. <laughs> he said, well, just look at, just look at it. You don't, you, know, you don't have to touch it. Well, it is pretty, isn't it? Yeah, that is nice. Oh, now, now, yeah. And one thing led to another. That's what happened to David. He looked. He had a change of heart all of a sudden. Can't do it. So we need to flee from temptation. What's the first thing we need to do? I'm going to get you on this one. So the second thing you need to do, flee. flee. Not flee. <laughs> All right, let's look at another one. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 4 this time. In Matthew chapter 4, how do we beat temptation? We need to pray. We need to flee from Matthew chapter 4. Uh, let's begin with verse 1. Then was Jesus led up in the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he, afterward he was hungry. So the next thing you need to do is fast, right? No, that's not what it says. If you don't fast 40 days, you're not going to make it. Some of us wouldn't make it after 40 days. Let's go on. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. But Jesus answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Hallelujah. What did Jesus do? He quoted scripture. So if you want to beat temptation, quote scripture. Jesus quoted scripture to overcome the enemy or the temptation. When you feel like grumbling, let's turn to Philippians. We'll just do a couple of these. Turn to Philippians. See what you do when you grumble. See if I got it right. I don't have it right. Okay. If it's four. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you let your fingers do the walking this time. In Philippians it tells us to rejoice always. So when you're grumbling, remind yourself, rejoice always. Is that in Philippians or is that in Ephesians? Well, no time to look it up now, but I'll have to circle it myself. We need to rejoice. 
when we're grumbling. Or if you, I, you don't grumble. 4-4? Four, four? Thank you. Rejoice all in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. So if, you're, if you find yourself grumbling, you can't, to get out of it, you need to rejoice. Otherwise, you're going to fall into temptation. When you're tempted to give a harsh reply. Nobody's ever te- tempted to do that, have they? I mean, somebody at work is always bothering you. Some little kid's pulling on your skirt and saying, oh, I don't want to do that. We can go to Proverbs chapter 15. Proverbs chapter 15, quoting scripture, overcomes the devil. When we're grumbling, we can rejoice always. And when we have harsh words or thinking of harsh words, we need to look at uh, Proverbs chapter 15, looking at verse 1. A soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stirs up anger. So you need to like one president said speak softly but carry a big stick. Okay? No your the big stick you've got is the word of God. All right? Speak softly but carry the big stick. Okay? So the first thing we need to do, you're going to get tired of this, I guess. First thing you need to do is what? Pray. The second thing you need to do, flee. And now the fourth, uh, no, the third thing we need to do now is what? Quote scripture. These are good things. Okay. Let's go to the book of Hebrews chapter 4. In Hebrews chapter 4. Isn't it remarkable you can turn anywhere in the Bible and give you good instructions? In Hebrews chapter 4, we want to look at verse 16. It says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace in time of need. We need to come to the throne of grace in time of need. And Jeremiah 33 and 3 says, Call upon me and I will answer thee. So, we're at the throne room of grace. We need to call upon him. Draw near to the throne of God to obtain mercy and grace in a time of need. So in a time of need is when, when the temptation is hitting us. This kind of goes with actually um, calling on the, the word, but we need to. We need to Pray in the midst of a temptation. We need to go before God's throne, not run from, you know. How many know when, you, when the temptation's there? And you know what to do, but you kind of are edging towards a temptation because it is so fulfilling. So exciting, so exuberant, you know. None of you ever done. Boy, I'm glad. 
Well, for those that have, I mean, for those, we need to pull ourselves back here. We need to get before God's throne and say, okay, this is, this is beautiful here. Over here, you know, it's, a, it's something that my flesh is longing for, but this over here is spiritual and it's going gonna, it's gonna to last while this over here is going to, it says it's material things, is going to die out. Spiritual things are going to last forever. We need, I need to go back into the spiritual things to get things done correctly. So we need to go to the throne room of grace. Amen. Glory to God. Okay. Let's go to number five. And let's go all the way back to the Old Testament. And you want to find the book right after Proverbs. The book right after Proverbs. Some of you are going to start thinking now. That's called Ecclesiastics. And we want to go to the uh, fourth chapter. We're talking about temptation here. Now, Well, let's, let's read it first. Okay. It's Ecclesiastic chapter 4. Let's begin with verse 9. Two are better than one because they have good reward for their labor. For if, for if they fall, one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him that is alone when he fall, falleth, for he hath not another one to help him up. So in other words, you've got to have some good companionship. Keep you out of temptation. Somebody's going to, if, oh. we should, we should have good, good friends. Not somebody says, you know, we can, <laughs> oh Lord. Back, we're back. <laughs> Way back then, way back, just a few years back, me and some friends went to the candy shop. This is back in Chicago, okay. I can't say that, eight, eight or nine, you know. They came up with this brilliant idea and I went along with it. You go over there and tell me you want this and this. No, I don't want that, I want this. And the other guys would go over there and fill their pockets. You don't want to have friends that's going to lead you that way because that, that you have a tendency to fall. Well, the guy was smart enough. <laughs> okay, kids, get out of here. <laughs> You're not playing that. Uh, so we got out of there. Glad we, did. Glad we didn't pick up something. Those guys are bad. Those kids were bad. They got me in trouble. Back, uh, here we go. Why was Lord? Why is the bad things I always got to tell you about? Okay, the same kids. <laughs> um, back in those days, you know, the, they had you had different gas companies. They had, uh, you know, uh, well besides Chevron and Texaco, 
They had uh, Crown and uh, you know, back east. Okay. And sometimes the, the gas stations would, you know, give you trinkets to put on your car. You know, you, you buy X amount. And so. so this gas company made, you know, the little valve caps that go on on the tires. You know, the, yeah. Well, See, look. look at those. Those are crowns. We can hear a bunch of crowns on these cars. <laughs> We're looking for the crowns on these cars. Yeah, we got a visit from one of the parents. They followed us. We had to give all the gas, those little crowns back. But like I said, I don't know how we get them back. You need to have good friends. <laughs> Somebody that's going to help you out, not, not pull you down. You know, don't be a, if you, if you can't be a, a leader, don't be a follower. <laughs> Follow someone that's, that's upright, not, you know. Uh, does anybody else want to <laughs> share? <laughs> Nobody wants to share. I tell you, you're good. I'm good. That was only a few years back. Okay. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. And look at verse 10. Romans 12, 10. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love and honor preferring one another. We need to prefer one another. That means you're going to lift them up. If you, got, if you have someone that's going to be good there, you're not going to fall into temptations because they're going to, they'll lead you to a Bible study instead of a, a rampage on cars or the candy shop or, you know, what I'm talking about. I'm glad you guys never did anything like that. So when a brother falls, we need to lift him up. John's got his handcuffs back there, ready. <laughs> oh, okay, thank you. That's great news. Okay, number six. Let's go back to uh, the Old Testament Proverbs, the book of Proverbs. We're talking about uh, temptation. I'll tell you all about my temptation. Nobody's sharing here. I tell you what. We're going to make it an open oh. <laughs> We're going to make this an open session next time and I'm going to get you all <laughs> I'm going to call on you cuz God's going to tell me what you did. <laughs> okay. Oh, brother. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. Talking about myself. Okay, let's go to Proverbs chapter 27. And looking at verse 17. We're talking about temptation here. Iron sharpens iron, so, man, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Okay, up from the 
Amplified, iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend to show, to show rage or a worthy purpose. So we, we need somebody that really is going to help us out. Um, let's back up uh, a couple of, not a couple of chapters, yeah, a couple of chapters still in Proverbs, chapter 17 this time. Verse 17, that's Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. So we need to have good friends that will hold you accountable. So, so since we're right next door, let's go to the book of Ecclesiastic, which is a couple pages over, chapter 4. Ecclesiastic, chapter 4. Uh, we saw this already once, but we'll look at it again. Chapter 4, verse 9. Two are better than one because they have good reward for their labor. Glory to God. So someone is, when you need to have someone accountable with you uh, so you don't uh, do stupid things. Just have smart friends. <laughs> don't run in the, in the out crowd. Okay, let's go to... Psalms 31, we'll go to number 7. Psalms 31. We're looking at temptations. In Psalms 31, verse 19, it says, Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee which thou hast wrought in them that trust in thee before the sons of men. From the Amplified, Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear, reverence, and worship you. Goodness which you have wrought for those who trust and take refuge in you before the sons of men. In other words, we, have to have, we need to be remember, remember God's faithfulness to us. It'll keep you out of temptation, knowing that he'll hold you back. And uh, let's go to Psalms 34. The next one we'll look at. Psalms 34. Looking at the verse, last verse in Psalms 34, verse 22. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust him shall be desolate. Uh, from the Amplified, the Lord redeems the lives of his servant. And none of those who take refuge and trust in him shall condemn or be held guilty. Glory to God. So, well, I'm glad I'm not guilty of those things. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, so we have to remember God's goodness towards us. And let's go to the book of Proverbs chapter 29 this time. Proverbs 29. We're going to be uh, switching gears in a moment here. Proverbs 29, looking at verse 25. The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whosoever puts his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Uh, from the Amplified, the fear of man brings a snare, but whosoever leans on, trusts in, and puts his confidence in the Lord is safe and set on high. So we need to know that the Lord's there to help us out. He's faithful to help us out. He's given us the tools to succeed or be victorious. And finally, let's go to uh, Romans chapter 6 on the uh, 
area of temptation. That's Romans chapter 6. We need to remind ourselves of this. Romans chapter 6, looking at verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of the Lord, the gift of God is eternal life through the Lord Jesus Christ. From the Amplified, it reads, For the wages which sin pays is death, but the bountiful free gift of God is eternal life through, in union with Jesus Christ our Lord. So we need to remind ourselves that temptations brings consequences. And go back to Proverbs. I've got you jumping around real good here. Proverbs chapter 24, one more time. In the 24th chapter of Proverbs... Verse 20, For there shall be no reward to the, uh, to the evil man. The candle of the wicked shall be put out. Wow. From the There shall be no reward for the evil man. The lamp of the wicked shall be put out. So there's consequences when we fail the tests of temptation. All right, you got all that? Okay. Like I said, we're going to switch gears a little bit here. Because <clears throat> you guys have been getting out early all the time, so I'm throwing another... I'm not going to give you another nugget, but I'm going to give you another... <clears throat> <clears throat> Since we are in, I think, what is it, uh, 45 days or 43 days before the election? Someplace in there. Need, we need to pray for our nation. <clears throat> this is not an option, but it's a command that we pray for our nation. So let's go and find out the, where it tells us that. 1 Timothy chapter 2. That's 1 Timothy and 1 Timothy. We're going to be looking at prayer for the nation at this time. 1 Timothy chapter 2. Begin with verse 1. I exhort, exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made to, for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For, the, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of, of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So, we need to pray for our, our, our nation and those that are in authority over us anyway. So that's, that's one. Let's go all the way back to the Old Testament again. This time you're going to find the book of Daniel. In Daniel chapter 9. Yeah. Daniel chapter 9, looking at verse 20. And whilst I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sins of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God. Uh, well, then I'm going to go down to the Amplified. While I was speaking and praying, confessing my sin and the sins of my people Israel and presenting my supplications before the Lord my God for the holy hill of my God. Yet, verse 21. Yes, while I was speaking in prayer, 
the man uh, Gabriel, whom I had seen in the former vision, uh, being caused to fly swiftly, came near to me and touched me about the, the time of the evening sacrifice. So he's praying for the nation. We need to pray for this nation of ours because it's, it's the only thing that's going to really turn things around. And that of uh, pray for the, for the Christians to get on fire to vote and vote correctly. Uh, they, you may not have the perfect individual individuals running for the office, but get the person that's closest to godly uh, values. That's what you know. A lot of Christians. I can't vote for that person because da da da. Pray. If you we only got two people, actually two people that are going to win the, the nomination or the presidency, and you pray for the individual that has the most God, close to godly values, I think we already know who that is. So, I won't go there. Okay, let's go to the book of Jeremiah now. Um, back up a little bit. In Jeremiah chapter 29... Verse 7, that's Jeremiah 29, 7. And seek the peace of the city, whether I have caused you to be carried away, uh, carried away captives, and pray unto the Lord for it, the city or the nation. For in the peace thereof you shall have, you shall have peace. So we need to pray to have peace in our country. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. <clears throat> the church. I'm going to put the church... I'm not saying the Christians, but the church, because it's the believers of the church. Remember, we talked about it a few weeks ago. Christians, believers, and what was the third one? Anybody? Disciples or followers. You got to be a disciple or follower. Follower to to you know. A lot of people say I'm a Christian, but they they don't follow through. A lot of people say I'm a believer. And they believe, but they don't follow through. You've got to be a disciple or a follower. A disciple or a follower hears the word and does it, obeys it. So we need to be those that follow through on what we are called to do. The church or the, will always get the government it deserves. You look at Israel. They wanted certain things. They wanted, you know, if you look at the history of read most of the Old Testament by now, you, you see that Israel wanted certain things, they got the certain things, and it went downhill, real slippery slope, muddy, muddy banks, banana peels and all. Okay. When a nation sins, it brings judgment from within. And uh, we have had a lot of judgment. I, uh, we're having a heat wave here on the on the west coast, in the middle of the country, it's flooding, and on, on the uh, east coast, it's uh, they're having hurricanes and earthquakes. It's all because we've abandoned God, and it's not climate change. And that's a, that's another stupid thing. Oh, the ice caps are melting and it's going to raise the water up 15 
feet and all cities. The word God says the waves only come in so far. They, they've only allowed to go so far. And he said, that's what the rainbow says. It's not going to cover the earth anymore. So these guys are... Okay, yes, yes, okay. <laughs> when Christians pray, the grace and mercy of God comes on a nation. Amen. So we know that Second Chronicles 7, when they prayed, things changed for them. We need to do the same. Amen, glory to God. So there is a benefit for praying for our nation. Um, going back to 1 Timothy 2. And 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy 2. Looking at verse 2. For the king's... For kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life. God gives us a quiet and peaceable life when we pray for the nation. We're exhorted to pray for all those in authority. Oh, that's a rough thing to do. <laughs> but we need to pray for them. Pray that they get saved as they're not saved. Have their eyes open if you can't pray for anything else, or that they will change their policies the way the Lord would want them. Now, some some people only pray because of the, there's a crisis. Um, many make uh, uh, peace, or uh, the peace of a nation drifts away because we we've failed to pray for it. Look at the turmoil in our nation. Only, only prayer now is going to change this thing. Getting the right people in authority. But we are, pray, we are commanded to pray for the peace of our land. Um, in Second Chronicles 7.14, God says he'll heal our land if we would pray. Um, so what has corrupted our land? Look at the lifestyles of today's people compared to that of 20 or 30 years ago. You look at the lifestyles and, and, what's, and the things that have taken place in 30 years, 50 years. Uh, you know, um, we no longer have morals. Okay? There's a lot of perversion. Uh, perversion is considered moral now and, and purity and holiness is laughed at and scoffed at, uh, and they're declared evil. Our morals are bad. Our values are, have gone to pot. Our dressing, our dress, our dress codes are—I mean, dressing. The word, the word of God tells tells men not to wear women's dressing. And what do you got? Dresses, dressed like women. Censorship. There's no censorship. I mean, there's censorship in the wrong way. You've got to be politically correct in order to be with the community. But if you come against it, you are chastised as a bigot and so forth. Materialism has gone rampant, no longer values. Pornography is open to the public. I mean, before, 
you know, pornography was in certain books, you know. But now, you just open up to your, your, the internet and just put what you want. These kids are getting whatever they want to see. So pornography is wild. Uh, it's open to the public. Um, there's no respect for elders. I mean, uh, teachers are being beaten about in, in classrooms, spit upon, kicked. There's no respect for, uh, I admit, uh, some teachers are not good, but they don't need to be uh, have disrespect, that kind of disrespect, you know. Um, uh, we've got more crazy religions than ever, you know. The, the uh, false religions have grown immensely in these last days. Um, we know that evil is good now, and, and good is evil. So we need to pray that God will heal our land. The problem is not unanswered prayers, but unoffered prayers. God always answers a prayer, but we haven't prayed as a nation, for our nation. Uh, let's go back to the book of Daniel for a moment, and we're just about done. I will have taken my allotted time. In Daniel chapter 9, Verse 20, and while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sins of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God. So we need to not just pray for the, pray about the sins of our nation, but we need to pray that the sins that we are holding on to, the little, we call shadow spots, but actually they're dark spots in our lives. Uh, run back to verse uh, verse 5, Daniel 9, 5. We have sinned and committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled and even departing from the precepts and from thy judgments. Isn't that what we have done in this country? So we need to... Daniel confessed the sins of the, of the nation and he confessed his own sins. And he confessed the sins of his forefathers. We need to... Say, okay, we've, we've abandoned the ways. Confessing the sins of a nation. Our nation's gone bad. I mean, abortion's gone crazy. Uh, you got cross-dressers, uh, gay marriages. Uh, these are all wrong according to God's word. But we've, we've gone screwy. And we don't expect, and we're expecting God to bless us. We've got to, judgment can be delayed or Withheld. Let's go to look, look at Numbers chapter 16, which is great. Numbers chapter 16. Eight, 
Israel had gone crazy, but in, uh, and they were having their little get-together out there. Verse, uh, chapter 16, verse 47. And Aaron took, took as Moses commanded and ran into the midst of the congregation. And behold, the plague was begun among the people, and he put on the censer and made an atonement for the people. And he stood between the dead and living, and the plague was stayed. We can do the same. We can stop the, the, the horrendous iniquity of our country if we will stand up. God is looking for a man or a woman to stand up. And we need to do it. Our prayers to God should change the hearts of people. God will will change the atmosphere or in the environment of our country. Amen. Amen. So you got we're going to be looking at prayer a little bit more on Wednesday night um, because of the elections, and we need to start praying. We'll, I think there will be starting next month one Wednesday night. We will just pray. So. I don't expect the place to be empty. We, we need to pray. All of us need to pray. If you have, are not used to praying for 15 minutes or 20 minutes, get here and join us. Feel the anointing upon you. Okay, let's all stand. Father, I thank you, Lord, that uh, your word has given us insight about temptation, Father God. I thank you, Lord, that those, uh, those eight ways, Father God, that we can hold back temptation, Father God. I thank you, Lord, that uh, your Holy Spirit will, will bring it back to us, Father God, that we might implement them into our lives, Father God. So, Father, we praise you for that. And, Father God, I thank you, Lord, that uh, you've given each and every one of us, Father God, the ability to pray, Father God. And I thank you, Lord, that... Uh, the prayer of a righteous man or woman will avail much. And Father God, thank you, Lord, that as we begin to pray, Father God, for our nation, Father God, for those in authority over us anyway, Father God, that you will bring the healing to our land, Father God, that's necessary, and that Christians will arise, Father God, and people will come to know the Lord Jesus Christ in these last days before the enable happens. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, that you'll you bless us as I go, we go our separate ways. And everyone that agreed said, Amen. Amen.